Hello, everybody. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to remind you of our headline sponsor routine. I don't know how many of you know this. This was news to me when I met Jake, the founder of routine. But when we sleep, we lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water, expelling vapors, sweat, etc. Well, the first thing you need to do in the morning to have a nice, hydrated, uh, fully hydrated day is to basically rehydrate first thing in the morning. I know me myself, uh, lots of times I get up, I make a cup of coffee, and I get going. Uh, but it's actually really important to rehydrate uh, and help your body just get up and moving off the off to the right start in the morning. Uh, it's just a, it's the best way to kind of kickstart your metabolism and just re- in general rehydrate. It's important to be hydrated. So routine came up with their own proprietary formula called morning routine. And it's a really cool hydration product for first thing in the morning. I also use it um, when I feel dehydrated after either a long day, you know, even if uh, a good example is when, you know, drinking on the weekends, maybe it's a, it's a packet I'll throw into water before I go to bed. Um, there's lots of uses for it, but the main one being uh, a part of your morning routine. Yeah, they come in single serve packets that you just tear open, dump into water, shake up, and you're good to go. Uh, each packet contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. Uh, they become a staple in my daily routine. And I think you guys will love them as well. If you want to give them a shot, you can go to yourroutine.com. I've also added the link in the show notes. And you can use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout to receive 30% off your first order. Routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. I'm stoked today for you guys to all hear about David Zinn and Devosh Organics. Uh, Devosh is doing something kind of in the realm of uh, my first experience in the food industry with our X-Bar. Um, ob- obviously, our X-Bars are one of the base materials or you know ingredients is dates. And dates are becoming more and more widely used, uh, especially in the health food focused space. And David's company, Devosh Organics, have come up with a product that I had not heard of before stumbling across them, and it's a date syrup. So uh, it's a, supposed to be a much cleaner, must, much healthier um, offering for all of you to try. Uh, if you guys you know, love today's episode and want to give it a, give it a try, um, you guys can go to the link in the show notes. Um, I have a link there for you guys to try Devosh Organics. David was a great guest. I really enjoyed getting to know him. He's building an amazing business that in the first few years of them being in business already has some incredible distribution. Uh, They're in Costco. Uh, They're they're everywhere and, and they're crushing it. So without further ado, give it up for David Zinn. everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I'm pumped today to have David Zinn on the podcast. He is the co-founder and um, president, I believe. Is that what your title is? At Devosh Organics. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Shane. It's great to be here. Really appreciate you having me. 
hundred percent. Thank you for taking your time and your busy schedule to come on the show, man. Um, I came across you and I, I've said this a few times on here. I, I came across you organically on LinkedIn, which I, we talked to briefly before we started this. I think LinkedIn is just becoming a wild platform as far as like organically finding new people and growing your network. Um, so speaking of Devash Organics, the company you're leading, would you mind just giving everyone a quick rundown of what it is and what type of products you sell? Absolutely. So uh, Devash Organics, my best friend and I, Brian Finkel, we started the company back in 2016. And um, Brian and I actually met each other on a study abroad trip many years ago. It was back in 2006. And we always knew we wanted to do a business together. And so we studied abroad in the Middle East and um, came across incredible products. And, you know, Brian, he's actually from Chicago originally. I'm, I'm from Cleveland. And so Brian and I immediately hit it off. And um, if you fast forward to college, um, Brian was actually, he he was doing consulting in the Middle East at the time and really incredible guy. He's fluent in, you know, Hebrew and Mandarin and English. And he, you know, he grew up in Chicago, but um, he's, he was working on a project and Brian came across date syrup in the Middle East. And he was like, David, he's like, this is an incredible product we should really consider selling this in the US. And I did some research. I, I moved out to LA since college. And, uh, and you know, I noticed that with everyone just into health and wellness and a better for you mindset, that there was really an incredible opportunity here, especially since Los Angeles had so many date farms nearby within proximity in the Coachella Valley. Yeah. And yeah. so we kind of thought, okay, well, what if we buy the ugly dates and we convert them into a healthy alternative sweetener made from dates. And so honey, for the longest time, even now, has had a lot of issues on the sustainability side. And, you know, the cost of honey is increasing exponentially. Um, you know, there's, it's, a lot of the honeybees are dying due to the pesticides that are used today. And so date honey, date syrup has been around forever. You know, it's been around since the beginning of time. And that's actually what people used back in the day before they even knew how to harvest honey. And oh, so with the Mediterranean, with the Mediterranean diet really exploding, it really made us think, okay, you know what, let's give this a shot. Let's see what we can do. And, you know, we set up shop in a farmer's market in Brentwood. And, you know, from there we got really lucky, you know, Whole Foods took a chance on us. Sprouts took a chance on us. And, you know, now we're in about 6,500 stores across the U.S. We sell the, you know, anywhere from Walmart to Costco, Whole Foods, wow. Sprouts. We do a lot of food service business. So we now sell snacks. You know, we do sustainable snacks, sweeteners, syrups, marinades, and dressings. And so everything we do is built around sustainability and better for you products that actually taste good. And um, it's, it's been a really incredible adventure. We still have a long road to go, but it's been really, really amazing. Yeah. I mean, you guys have done, as I was doing my research for this, I was shocked. I didn't realize the distribution you guys have. I mean, that's, it's pretty incredible how early on in your, you know, in the company's lifespan uh, that you guys have been able to gain a lot of this distribution. That's, I mean, it's really impressive. Just wanted to put that out there. Thank you. I mean, we're, we're big believers in, you know, straight up hustling and, you know, we've got an incredible team and, uh, you know, a lot of it is just, constantly knocking on doors, you know, just because you hear no today doesn't mean you'll hear no tomorrow and you have to stick with it, remain motivated. And, you know, look, it took us, took us four years to get into Costco. It's like, you know, we made sure to, you know, do the best job we possibly could. And, 
you know, that's kind of how we take everything. We, we look at everything as an opportunity to prove ourselves. And, you know, we did really well in one Whole Foods region that led us getting into three more. We did really well in one Costco region, let us getting into two more. And so it, it's little things like that where if, if you're able to, you know, create the data that allows you to tell the story, then it becomes a much easier story to tell. And, you know, that's really what we like to, to build ourselves on. Yeah, well, I love that. It makes a ton of sense. And I think, uh, obviously, if you have data to back up anything, that's, that's where my mind goes, being a finance guy. So, um, you know, it's funny, too. I, I thought of when you were explaining that be- the beginnings of this. Obviously, I, have a, I know a little bit about the date business being in from RX bar. Um, you know, that we've, I, I've learned a lot about dates. I never thought that was going to be part of what I, you know, learned when I joined RX in 2017. Um, could you give everyone a little bit of a background? So, you, I mean, your partner, you knew you guys want to start a business there. Do you remember really early on, like, I guess learning about date syrup is one thing and, and, and I've, but obviously going from that to where you are today at Costco is a very big jump with tons of steps in between. Um, do you remember early on just like getting, some of the original maybe date syrups that you were finding overseas and, and like just kind of that beginning process of like, okay, cool. We want to start a business. We think this is a good idea. Like kind of walk us through that very beginning. Cause I think that's a pivotal moment for a lot of founders. Absolutely. So the, in the, in the early beginning, I actually had Brian send me a bunch of samples uh, from of, of products that he found in the supermarkets and uh, he, he was working in Tel Aviv at the time. And so he sent over all these samples, half of them broke, you know, they were shipped in glass. <laughs> and, uh, and, but, but I noticed that a lot of the products were contained added sugar. And so I, I noticed that, you know, they weren't as pure and as clean as what we were looking to do. And, you know, same thing living in Los Angeles is a very large, you know, Armenian and Persian population out here. So I went to all of the, you know, local supermarkets. And I noticed the same thing. A lot of those products, it was very rare that you found a product with nothing but dates. And, oh, okay. you know, that was really kind of like our, uh, that, that was like our, our big epiphany. And we were like, wow, you know, okay, why, why aren't people doing this? Why is there added coloring? You know, why is there added preservatives? A lot of citric acid being used. And, you know, dates are definitely expensive, but there's also enough sugar in there that you don't need any preservatives if you use the pure date. And so we really noticed that there was a market and opportunity and, you know, education we recognize is going to be the most difficult thing because still, you know, I mean, as you know, in Chicago, obviously you're at, you know, your experience with our X-Bar, um, you know, you have more, you know, you have a more of a knowledge about dates than probably most people. But when I talk to my friends at home who I grew up with in Cleveland and, you know, same with Brian, a lot of his friends in Chicago, people still aren't so familiar with dates. And so sure. for us, it, like Los Angeles, you know, California is, is kind of its own ecosystem where, you know, everything health and wellness, you know, I mean, I, I joke with my friends in New York and Miami, you know, I, I feel like everything starts in LA and it, and it bridges east, but yeah, you know, sure. they, I think it does now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they say the opposite, but that's, <laughs> you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but um, no, but we, we really recognized that there was a huge opportunity once we tried all of or as many products as we could, you know, we, we just went through a wormhole and just started Googling everything. Anytime we found a date syrup, we wanted to buy it. We wanted to try it. We wanted to figure out how we could really make the best product. And so, you know, I think a lot of it is, as we learned early on, it's, 
you know, one thing you need an incredible product, but you also have to make sure you have a great story and you have incredible branding. And so we noticed also that a lot of the products at some of these more ethnic supermarkets were, you know, the branding was, was awful. And it's even yeah. like one of those things, if you go to fancy food show, um, you know, in, in New York or San Francisco, I feel like when you look at a lot of the products that we have here, the branding is incredible. And that's why so many international distributors are so eager to bring on American products, because I think from a, just a marketing standpoint, I mean, look, you have great, beautiful branded products everywhere, but I, I do think that the branding game, you're forced to step an, up a notch yeah. because there's so much incredible creativity out here in, our, in, in this space. And so, you know, I think we recognize that there's, there's an opportunity there. Makes a ton of sense. Did you, um, as you're like testing things and, and I'm assuming like while you're getting samples, did you, were you one of those people that made like the hard jump and you were like, we're starting this and you started going, or are you kind of like testing and doing all this while you were, and I know this wasn't your first endeavor, by the way, I know you, you, you actually started another company back before then and you've been on some boards. So you've done a lot of different things. Were you kind of still doing your old gig when you were starting to test this stuff out? Um, I, when, when we started to test it out, I was, um, but we recognized that the opportunity here was so massive because you have multiple ways to win. You know, as, as one of my good friends, um, you know, Ben Berman always says, if, you know, he's big in real estate, but he always says, if you want to be successful, you need to buy a property that has multiple ways to win. Mm-hmm. And so I've really taken that philosophy and applied it to the CPG space as well. And what makes Devash so incredible is that not only can we win in retail, we can win in food service, you know, we can sell it to brands as an ingredient, as a commodity. And, and that's really where I saw the opportunity. And, you know, I, I think that we were able to position ourselves really, you know, you know in our, really well, especially, you know, during COVID and in the new world post-COVID, because, you know, retail is changing, the whole world is changing. When you look at, you know, retail today, I definitely don't think that as many people are going to be going back to the stores as they once were. I think things like Amazon Prime, Instacart, DoorDash, you know, people, we, we live in a world where people are looking for convenience. Yeah. And so we're, you're going to have to develop new strategies where you can, where and how you will be able to educate the customer that you exist today. And that's a big thing that I think a lot of brands are trying to pivot and, and really figure out, especially with, you know, Facebook and, you know, Apple with iOS 14, you know, changing the algorithm. I think that, you know, for us, we, we really recognized that, you know, we could market our product to many different avenues, which would not only help us educate and generate awareness, but it would also help us educate people as a whole about the benefits of dates and date syrup. And so that was kind of what really intrigued me and where I saw the huge opportunity, because I think one thing, and, and it took me a while to learn this too, a lot of people, when you launch a brand, I think you look at it like, okay, I just need one brand. I'll have multiple SKUs of that one brand. But in order to remain relevant, you know, I, I think you, you, I think in today's world, you need to be able to adapt pretty quickly. Like yeah, people today get bored sooner, you know, faster than ever before. And so I think you really need to be able to figure out how to keep your customer base interested and excited the entire time. And that's a very hard thing to do. And while you're doing that, I think it's critical that you obviously have to figure out a way to obviously be able to generate cash flow. And so that was really the biggest thing for us where we said, okay, 
we have so many of these different opportunities. Let's make sure that we have the same product, but we can sell it in multiple different ways in order to, in order to constantly generate cash flow. Got it. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And for you guys, I mean, it's an interesting category to play in. And I feel like dates to your point, most people maybe don't know a ton about dates. Could you maybe then dive into like when someone uses your product, what are they using it instead of? And is there also like a use case that you might be gaining new people who maybe weren't using a product like this that may now use a new product like this? Cause I kind of, when I was, when I was researching it, I kind of saw both sides of it. I'm like, I, could, I think there's use cases where I could actually use this instead of what I use today. And then I don't know, maybe there's new use cases too. Absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest benefits of date syrup is that it has 25% less sugar than honey. It's vegan and it's low glycemic. I mean, that's been a huge thing. We've had some incredible partnerships with pediatric hospitals across the country. Oh, nice. Largely since honey is an allergen. And so, you know, date syrup is not, um, you know, that, that that's definitely been a really big part of it. I think, you know, an, another Another thing is people are just looking for cleaner, better for you products and ingredients. And, you know, we really do check all the boxes. We're sustainable. We use the ugly produce in order to re- reduce food waste. That's like a big part of, oh, nice. of our entire com- company, of our fundamentals, you know. Um, and and I think that, you know, the world, I think, is just ready for, you know, cleaner, better for you products. I think everybody's looking for no added sugar. And that's really what we pride ourselves on. That's really what we look to build ourselves on. But, you know, same thing from a food service standpoint, you know, we started to sell many companies, date paste, date sugar, date syrup, and bulk, you know, date syrup is so much cheaper than maple syrup. And, you know, it depends what flavor profile you're looking for, but it's much healthier than honey. It's also vegan. And so it's really a great alternative for that, but it's great in, you know, baked goods. It's great in cooking, you know, it's great in tea and coffee. And so, you know, it's really an incredibly versatile product. And if you're looking to add a hint of sweetness to anything, this allows you to do so while still having 25% less sugar, you know, in your product than you previously did if you were using honey. Yeah. Okay. Got it. That makes a ton of sense. Is there, um, I love asking this question because to me, it's always interesting to think through. Like for you guys, you saw this gap uh, and, and you, like you said, you're checking off all the boxes as far as like why consumers will want this product. Why do you think like none of the major food companies have thought of this or like wanted to come out with something similar? Great. It's a great question. I, I think, you know, it's a very tough, it, it's, a, it, you know, it's a very tough space to navigate and, you know, I, we kind of looked at ourselves as an opportunity to model ourselves after Palm Wonderful, you know, what they did with the pomegranate, what they've done with the pistachios, what they've done with cuties. And, you know, they've been able to create incredible brands around a product yeah. and, you know, around, you know, the, like the pomegranates, the pistachios. And we, and we thought, you know, we could do the same thing. I think because it's such a nascent space and it's still so new, I think a lot of the bigger brands like we've seen or a lot of the conglomerates, you know, I don't think they want to spend the time or the money or the risk doing that. And I think they'd rather see a small, you know, scrappy brand, see if they could, you know, if they could win. And then if they yeah. do, then, then I think it leads to a, an incredible opportunity, you know, down the line. But I think they figured, hey, let's let somebody else do the legwork. Let's learn from them. Let them make the mistakes. Let's let's see what works here. 
And if it works, we can go from there. But it's the same thing if you kind of look at it back in the day with, you know, Sabra hummus when they just launched. Yeah. They were, you know, you had tribe hummus around forever, but Sabra really did it right in terms of, you know, like a, a commercially, a commercially produced hummus. And, you know, I think a lot of people thought like, oh, that's crazy. Like, you know, hummus, it's been here forever, but still it wasn't on your kitchen table forever. What they were really able to do was they made it, you know, one of the Super Bowl, the healthy alternative Super Bowl snacks that was all of a sudden cool. And it used to be like, you know, I know growing up in, in Cleveland, you know, a lot of Ohio pride here, but like, you know, I remember I see hummus on it on a, on like as an appetizer on at one of the, the healthier restaurants we'd go to and I would never order it. It didn't even cross <laughs> my mind. And it's like, now it's like I have hummus in my house all the time. You know, I, I put it on everything. I love it. And, you know, that's really a big, that, that that's, you know, we see a lot of synergies there. And, you know, I think a lot of people, it took them a while to get on the hummus train, but I think now with the Mediterranean diet being so popular, you know, it, it's wild how many emails, how many inquiries we get on a regular basis. Hey, we're looking to switch to date syrup, date syrup from a sustainability angle. Hey, we're looking to switch to date syrup because it's less sugar. And, you know, also most importantly is it tastes really, really good. And so I think, you know, because we have that, you know, which is critical, I, I, I think, you know, it leads people to at least being intrigued in order to try the product. And so it's on us to make sure that we can make that, that it will remain affordable so that, you know, people will continue to buy it. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how we look at it. It makes a ton of sense. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's really cool. And it is funny how there's a lot of parallels to hummus. I had never really thought about it that way, but that is true. They've like taken over when it comes to that, like healthy for you snacking, like, especially the Super Bowl example, that's, that's spot on. Um, so it's interesting. So when, when you're, when you're cracking into a new industry like this, um, you know, and, and you're bringing something to market that maybe your friends and family even, you know, have, don't know much about what were some of those conversations like early on? Um, it's something I love asking founders. I think, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, like your closest people in your circles can either kind of push you to do something or maybe like hold you back. Cause they think it's a bad idea. What was that like for you guys? As you like thought of launching a date syrup brand? It's very funny. I mean, we're, we're very blessed and lucky, you know, I mean, we, like Brian and I have, uh, we, we share a lot of the same friends in our core friendship group. And okay. you know, I, I think half, everyone was incredibly supportive, but I think, I think over half of them thought we were crazy. I think a lot of people are like, guys, like, what are you doing? You know, this is such a, you know, like this is still such a new idea. Are you sure you want to like jump into it, do it full time? Are you guys, really sure that you believe in it that much and you know we just kind of saw the opportunity especially when you look at the Middle East you know you go to you know Egypt Jordan Israel UAE you know you, you see just rows of dates and dates here up on the shelves wow. and we think that you know that you know that part of the world is just so far ahead of the game in terms of like clean better for you eating and yep. you know yeah you know there's just it's less processed you know it, it's not, there's no GMOs. Um, and it's, it's a very, like the Mediterranean diet is very clean. You know, olive, a lot of it is, you know, even look at like falafel, it's chickpeas, you know, it's, sure. yeah. it's like chickpeas, olive oil, you know, tomatoes, cucumbers, you know, very, very clean, you know, ingredients. And, and we kind of saw that, okay, look, you know, if everybody was doing it, it would be easy, but this is an opportunity here for us to really try something totally new. And, you know, there's two types of entrepreneurs and I agree with both. 
or philosophies at least. You know, a lot of people never want to be the first one to do something because there's a reason that nobody's done it. Yeah. But there's also a huge advantage too if you really develop a strong plan, surround yourself with, you know, intelligent people and you execute it properly. And so th there's no formula to winning this game. You know, a lot of it, there's an, an incredible amount of luck. You know, you need to take chances. You, you know, you need to, it, it's like, you know, jumping into the pool. You know, as a little kid, you're never fully ready. That mindset, am I going to jump into the six feet side? You know, really three <laughs> feet tall? And, you know, it's like you, you do it and you're scared. You think you're going to drown. And, you know, fortunately, you know, hope, you know, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, there's someone in there who's, who's able to help you if you do have trouble swimming to the ledge. But, you know, we kind of looked at it that this was just the perfect time and the perfect product. And, you know, you can't live life with regrets. I mean, it's on us to make sure that we develop a sound strategy and, you know, we, we hire the right people and, you know, we, and, and we execute properly. And sure. so, yeah. you know, I think that you can mitigate risks tremendously by being prepared. And, you know, I, I think that that's a critical thing that a lot of people have to understand. I mean, you know, before Brian and I took this to market, I mean, you know, we really did as much A-B testing as we could when it came to the type of dates we use, the type of, you know, labels we used. Um, you know, even our pitches, you know, we, you know, the buyers we became friendly with, you know, we would show them everything. Do you like this better or this better? You know, at the farmer's markets, what do you like better? You know, we had two different types of products with two different labels, one light, one dark, you know, what, what looks better on shelf? What are you more inclined to buy and why, you know, and, oh, wow. you know, I, I think that you obviously, that there can be overkill to that too. You know, like you have to execute, like you have to give yourself a deadline. I'm a big believer in deadlines. It's like, look, you know, you obviously need more time within reason, but you need to be decisive. If you're not decisive, then you can go in this analysis paralysis, you know, situation forever. And okay. so, you know, I think a lot of it is just to be, you know, a lot of it is to develop a strategy, develop a plan, surround yourself with smarter people than you. You know, that's an, another thing, you know, that I've learned. It's, hey, if I'm the one teaching everybody everything, then we're not going to win. Okay. I need to hire people <laughs> that know more about you know, Facebook ads than me. I need to hire people that are better at marketing than me. You know, wherever my weaknesses are, you know, that's where I look to hire a rock star because I want to rely on them, you know? And, and so I think that, uh, you know, that's been a big part of it for us, honestly. And that makes a ton of sense. And do you think, so this is, I know this is also your like basically second venture in the CPG food space. Was there anything from the first one? We don't have to get really into what the first one was necessarily, but like what the, was there anything you took from that? Like, like either good, bad, or like kind of gave you a step up? Cause I've always, people who have done it more than once. I'm, I've always have a, I give a ton of credit to, cause I'm like, you, you did it once you figured it out. You moved on to another one. You're doing it again. You know, like the good and the bad that comes within the food space. And yet you, you're doing it again. I, I just think it's really fascinating. It, it really helped me develop a, you know, we, we have a really incredible process in place and, you know, now, like we, we have a, we have a playbook that works where, you know, I, we know how to take any brand from, you know, zero to, you know, $8 million in sales. And okay. if you follow this strategy, we will get there. Like that, that's, I, as long as the product is good luck, there's obviously a lot of other things. It, it, there's a lot of other things that need to be done in order for that to go right. Sure. But we now have a playbook that works where we know what you need to do, how to do it in order to get there profitably, you know, and, and that's the thing too that's many key. people, that's the key. 
And, and that's what we really focus on because, you know, you don't want to be too reliant on constantly raising money because, you know, then, you know, look, you're going to be overly diluted. And it's like, here, you're working so hard to build this beautiful thing. And it's, you know, I mean, if you, if you can figure out how to do it profitably, that's great. And so, um, look, a lot of people also take the tech approach where they're just focusing on top line revenue. That's yeah. never yeah. been mine or Brian's philosophy. And so, you know, the, the first venture, Fruji's, was really great. It really kind of taught me what to do. It was my MBA, essentially. It really oh, taught cool. me, yeah. this is how you, like, figuratively speaking. You right. Know, it yeah. Was, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Like the, uh, so, it's like the Tim Ferriss example. Yeah. And so it, it really taught me, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. You know, and this is how you scale quickly. This is where you want to focus in order to grow. And, and one of the biggest things that we really learned early on that's been pivotal to, you know, our success with Vash has been, you need to find your super fans. You know, I think as, you know, I think a lot of our generation, you know, people aren't patient anymore. People forget that your overnight success took 10 to 20 years to build, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a long time. That's a decade or two. And you, look, some people get incredibly lucky. They do it very quickly. And there's obviously outliers always, but you know, you have to assume that you're not going to be one of those outliers. It'd be nice to be one. But like, at least for me, I always assume that, look, this is going to take time. We're going to do this the right way. And, you know, or there's no right way, but, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to focus on really building a community. And I think for us, it's really, you know, one, it was figuring out that you need to find your super fans. We have a new nascent product. People aren't familiar with dates or date syrup. We need to find the people that are going to help us educate the world that we exist that's one two we're going to take care of those people we're going to engage with those people we're going to constantly communicate with those people and it's the same strategy we took for retail you know too many people think like oh once you get on the shelf life is good you know it's so funny when you know brian and i got all these messages from our friends when we got into costco they're yeah. like you did it you're golden you know you guys you, you know, <laughs> when, when are you guys buying a yacht and i'm like yeah very long time you know yeah like, yeah it's a long road but it's, that's just uh, when that's when the challenge just begins from my experience yeah totally and so yeah. the key is like you, you know it you need to make sure that you're going to be able to sell the product off the shelf and i think right. that too many people think oh well, i need to get on every single shelf possible in order to generate that awareness that's not the case you know you need to find the right stores the right fit for your product where you know you're going to constantly get the the high velocity the high turns and right. build and the stores that you're not selling well, you need to figure out why is that? Is it not the right market for you? Are you not marketing it correctly? Are you not placed in the right location on the shelf? You know, are you priced too high? It's, you know, there's, there's all these things that, that come into play here. And so, you know, I, I think that for us, you know, we will been able, we've been able to, you know, do a lot in a relatively short period of time because of all the experience, you know, we had in, in, the, in our previous venture. Yeah. And so it really kind of showed us what to look out for, you know, and it was kind of like immediately, um, you know, with, with Fruji's, I'll never forget, we were so excited when we get all these inquiries from all these retailers. We're like, yes, 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 yes. You know, and, but you need to make sure you have the marketing budget to, you know, make sure you can support yourself at those stores accordingly. Sure. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, and, and that's another thing. It's like a lot of these free fills that brands are hit with you know, it's really, really tough. If you're, if you're a startup and you're, you know, working on razor thin margins and, you know, you're also, you know, not overly flushed with capital, 
you know, I, I think a lot, a lot of the time people don't realize that, you know, also working with UNFI and Kehi, um, you know, they're obviously a very necessary part of this business working with the distributors. But, you know, if you're a brand, you need to put up all that money up front for inventory. Yeah. You know, then you need to give away a bunch of that product for free. And then what you are paid for, you get paid in net 30 or net 60 if you're lucky. And then there's additional deductions. Well, how are you supposed to hire a team? How are you supposed to run Facebook ads? How are you supposed to educate people that you exist? How are you supposed to create, you know, allow for sampling? It's, it's one of those things where you have to be really savvy. And it's really hard to do without raising a bunch of money in yeah, order yeah. to allow you those opportunities. Do you, it's funny. I mean, you're hitting it right on the head and it, I do at RX, I've done uh, RGM like revenue growth management. So that's been like my life right there in the, in the weeds of what you just talked about. Um, do you have suggestions for anybody? I mean, I think is we talked about on here and that was a question I had next was, you know, bootstrapping versus raising capital kind of thing. Um, for folks who are, you know, want to sell a product, you just kind of name the game of why it can be so tough for young, you know, nimble, scrappy entrepreneurs. Um, do you have a suggestion? Is it, you know, to not go into those avenues until you have the cash to maybe pay for it? Or, you know, I guess, what, what would your experience tell you if you were to do it all over again? I mean, I think there's, I think there's two approaches you could take today. Like, I think, look, I still think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. I joke with all my friends. I think everybody should have an e-com business in today's world. Uh-huh. Everybody yeah. should have a passive, Agreed. you know, you have no excuse today. The, the world's global. We live in a global society today. You know, you sh- everyone should be developing a product that's light and easy to ship that they can either sell through Shopify or Amazon, even Alibaba. You know, there is so much opportunity there and there's so much data and knowledge that we have access to today that everyone can do it. I mean, look, you can put up a website in 15 minutes. I remember what they used to teach us in grade school with HTML and logos. Yeah. And, you know, it took me weeks to create this website that did not look impressive and today it's like boom shopify wix you're done you know literally in two hours three hours of time um you know so i think there's two different strategies you can take i think you know like i think you can really be self-sufficient and run it for a long time on your own but i i do think that honestly like if you're looking to go retail and if you want to be on shelf I tell everybody that you need to raise money. It's either you need to have access to capital, you know, you need to be willing to personally guarantee a loan, or you need to be able to raise the money. Because it's it's kind of like a metaphor that one of our advisors uses. And um, you know, when we were just starting out, he told you know we wanted to put money into marketing, but we didn't have a lot of money yet. And and he said, you know, he's like, hey guys, you got to look at this as a scenario where you're in a desert. You have a small amount of water. If you're going to take that small amount of water to try and grow a tree that isn't growing yet, you know, it's just a seed. What are you going to do when you run out of that water? Then you planted your only seed that's supposed to give you the food, that's supposed to give you the nutrients. You're going to use your water. Nothing's going to grow. So what, what did you do? You just wasted your water. And so, I love you know, that. yeah, I loved it. It's, I'm, I'm big on those stories. You know, they yeah. really resonate with me. And so it goes well with the dates too. Yeah, it does. You know? <laughs> but it really made me realize like he's absolutely right. And, you know, it's like I, I tell everybody, it's like, yeah, you can A-B test on Facebook ads. You don't need a tremendous amount of money to figure out what works. But then once you do figure out what works, you really need to make sure you have access to the money. You need to make sure you have access to the capital. I mean, I tell everybody, it's like stay focused, stay small, you know, and make sure like you have a plan 
can, but don't be scared to pivot. Don't be scared to, to change directions. You know, too many people are married to an idea and you need to be willing to change that idea over time so it can grow with what people are looking for in today's world. You know, remaining relevant is key. And, you know, I think that, you know, just because something worked six months ago doesn't mean it's going to keep working today. And you see it sure. time and time again. That's the whole reason for innovation. Right. But, you know, I, I tell everybody, it's like, look, if you're not able to raise money, there's a, there, there, there's, there's a few things that are wrong here. It's either one, you don't have a good product. B, your product isn't right for the market today and you need to rebrand it or do something else or, or wait, do something else. Or three, which I think is a lot of the time, is you're not telling your story the right way. Mm. In today's world, if you want to be successful, you know, you have to be able to tell your story. You know, we, you have to be able to educate people. And, and look, obviously, you need to have the strong margins. You need to have, you know, that goes without saying. You need to have the strong margins. You need to be cost competitive. You know, there's a lot that needs to be done that leads up to that point. But I'm a big believer. It's like, look, you know, and I, and I say this to everybody, but it's like, if you want to be able to raise money and you want to be successful, it's like you have to create a product that people immediately understand the need for and they immediately see why it's going, to, you know, it's, they immediately see why it's going to work. And so I think too many people think just because they like it, everybody else does. And that's not the case, you know? And, yeah, and I sure. And I think that in today's world, if you want to grow, you know, it really all starts with being able to tell your story the right way. If you can tell it, it you know, you need to have that charisma, have that energy. And I think like, you know, as we were talking about, you know, even before the show, like, you know, the guys at Midday Square is doing an incredible job, yeah. you know, really hats off to them. They, I love the full transparency angle. They're all amazing. And, you know, but when you, when like, when I buy a midday squares bar, it's like, you know, I want to support them. I want to yeah, support right. the vision. Yeah, it's like so every single thing about them exudes them. And, and that's what you get. And, you know, you, and I think that that's infectious and it's incredible. And that's a very difficult thing to do that they've done. They've done it incredibly well. And, you know, I think that a lot of companies today, you need to figure out, you know, like they made, they made me a super fan, you know, going back to that. And that's what you really have to do. You need to find your market. You need to find who's going to really like this. And you have to make sure that there are super fans out there that are willing to back you because you need to build your army. And, and if you don't have that army, it's going to be a very, very tough battle because you're not, you know, you need to sell this not only to investors, but to retailers. And, you know, when you're selling on Amazon and Shopify, a lot of people think, oh, I'll set up a website, I'll, I'll launch ads, boom, you know, I'm going to get thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands, not millions of dollars in sales overnight. It's going to take a long time. You yeah. need to A/B test. You need to create a lot of content. Figure out what type of content reson content resonates with your consumers. Who are you targeting? Targeting, you know, who is your audience? You know, I think too many times people say, "Oh, my demographic is everybody." It can't, yeah. It's right. too hard. Right. You know, you're not going to win that way. So now, 100. percent I mean, for for someone who's done that now, what would you what would your suggestion be to someone who you know this might be their first time? thinking about launching a product or they want to get into the food space, like how do you even go about finding from your, your experience, finding like your tribe or your like, you know, your, your super fans? I think a lot of it is talking to as many people as possible. You know, that that's really it. Um, but, but a lot of it is, I mean, you need to be fearless. Like we even have a rule at our company, you know, we talk to three new people a day about our products. When I'm on an airline, 
I make sure that everybody around me knows what Devash is by the time they're off the plane. I love you know, that. Pre-COVID, yeah. I used to just give everybody, you know, when we launched the bars, I would give everybody bars. Like yeah. I you know, give everybody our bikes. And, you know, everybody knew what it was by the end of the trip. And from there, it's like, you know, you get an email from someone say, hey, like, and I give everybody like my card and tell them, you know, I always tell everybody all the time, like, you know, my email and, and you know, if, you, if they want to reach us. And, you know, you'd be surprised by how many people respect what you're doing and they want to be a part of your journey. They want to be a part of your mission. And, you know, that's been a huge part for us. I mean, look, I think I think a lot of people immediately the second they see date syrup or date products, you know, they assume, OK, health and wellness into fitness. Dates are vegan, you know, checks a lot of the boxes off right there. So we can you know, we can definitely target people that meet that criteria. And that's really what we did do. I mean, you know, we have an incredible marketing team. A lot of what we've done initially is focused on outreach, focused on the micro influencer community with high engagement, find people that were willing to, you know, help us generate and create content that were interested in trying our products and creating our, that, you know, finding our brand ambassadors, people that yeah. want to right. work with us to be a part of the Devosh journey was huge. And so, you know, you also, you, you can't be, you know, you can't be bashful. You need to talk to every single one of your friends and family and, you know, you need to ask for help. Like if you don't, you know, if you don't ask, you're never going to, you're never going to get in life. And that took me, that was a very difficult thing for me to learn. I always kind of thought, oh, you got to do it all on your own. You can't ask for help. Sign a weakness. Absolutely not. You know, absolutely not. And I wish I learned that, you know, many years ago. And so, you know, now it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, some of the best people we found, we were, was at a, you know, it was at a workout um, studio in, in Los Angeles called Hot Eight Yoga. And, you know, we just, we went there with a bunch of bars, bites and syrup, gave out a bunch of products that, hey guys, we're a small local company to LA. We're looking to work with brand ambassadors. We don't have a big budget right now. What we'd love to do is give you some awesome swag, some hoodies, you know, some t-shirts and workout gear along with, you know, unlimited products. And, if you guys like the product, awesome. Please, you know, post it on social. If not, no worries at all. But, you know, we're really looking to partner with awesome people and create a cool community and, you, you know, have some fun while doing it. And we met some amazing people that I'm really good friends with today. But, you, you know, I, I think like, you know, the farmer's market also, you know, was a great place. But, but I think a lot of it is, you know, there, there's a lot of amazing people out there in the world. And you just, you, you need to get out there, you need to meet them, and you need to be able to tell your story. And if you have a story that people want to be a part of, and if you have a product that tastes good, you know, that's the beauty, that's a beautiful thing about food, is it brings the world together. 100%. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I think that, you know, you'd be surprised by how many fans, by how many supporters you can find, you know, by, by really just walking up to someone and saying hi. I've, I've, uh, I've had to tell a lot of people in this space. Um, you know, it's funny. You guys have done a lot of the similar things that I think we used to do at RX early on. Um, I feel like giving out product for free sometimes is a, I'm sure I didn't own RX bar, obviously, but owning a business and giving out product for free sometimes early on must feel like an expense. Like, is this worth it? Is this going to pay off? You're thinking about the ROI, but I know from our ex experience, it's crazy. Like how much free product we gave out and how authentic we were when we were doing it. But how those people, how many of those people turned into customers and told their friends about it? And it like 
passed on and on and on. To me, that's like the beauty of, to your point, the beauty of the food industry. I'll never forget like one of the first trips I went on uh, with RX bar, you know, at back, like same thing, backpack full of RX bars on a plane. And by the end of the flight, I felt like everyone around me knew what RX bar was. And it's so cool if it's a product you believe in. And it sounds like obviously Devosh is the exact same thing. It's like, you love it, you believe in it, and you like are proud to share it with people. I don't know. To me, that's why I'm into this. That's why I do this podcast. I think talking about the food industry is just, it's just a ton of fun. It's amazing. I mean, I, I tell everybody it's, you know, a lot of people will ask me the same question. They'll say, well, I don't know where to find people. I don't know, you know, where to do this. And it's like, for me, any, you know, the airlines, when we get to a hotel, anytime I check in at, at a hotel, if it's for a work meeting, I give everybody behind the desk, you know, bars, bites, you know, syrup, coupons. And, you know, sometimes it leads to a free room upgrade, you know, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You probably you get never, some great, you, you know, you, know, drink, you, know, you never know, but, but yeah. no, but in all seriousness, it's like, but then also they're going to remember David who walked in here and like, I tried date syrup for the first time and they're like, wait, this shit's awesome. Totally. And that's what it is. And, and yeah, I mean, giving out free product, we recognize, you know, we, we, that's, that's a massive marketing expense that you need to welcome with a smile on your face because yeah. That's going to be the only way that, you know, people need to try before they buy. We say that all the time. I mean, you know, if you're not looking to give out the product and if you're not looking for people to try it first, look, it's going to be very hard to sell them on anything. Word of mouth definitely works, but what works even better is letting people try something that they actually like. And sure. if you're able to create that connection with them and they remember like, wow, like that's an awesome product. I love what those guys are doing. You know, there's a high likelihood you'll get a customer and, you know, then if, if, if they like the product, you know, hopefully they'll tell their friends, their family, and, you know, you can really create that awesome domino effect, right. but it, it all takes time. And yeah, it's definitely expensive, but it's a, it's an expense that's totally worth it in my opinion. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. I would totally agree. And like I said, it goes a lot, a lot further than you can imagine, especially if you have a good interaction. I mean, you just don't know how, how many people they're going to introduce the product to. And then all of a sudden you're, whatever it will cost you for a bar or a, you know, a bite turns into, you know, the ROI can be incredible. Um, and it's, I mean, people, I think to your point, people love to follow brands that they can, you know, get behind with the founders, like the energy, the founders bring, I mean, the midday squares guys are, are a great example. Jake and that team, I've had Jake on here before and just like, it's infectious. So you just, you, you know, I didn't know I wanted a midday square. And then you talk to him and you're like, Oh yeah, I need a midday. You know, it's funny. It is funny how you kind of, <laughs> Um, that kind of works that way. Um, to switch gears a little bit, because I know we're, we're, we're chumming through time here. Um, one thing I want to hit on you, I know I saw, and I don't remember exactly what month it was, but not that long ago, you guys announced a pretty big deal where you are, you partnered with, uh, and I'm going to probably screw this up. Al Baraka dates factory. Is that pretty close? Al, Al Baraka. Yeah. There we go. Close. <laughs> so that was, that was something I wanted to ask because to me, that seemed like a, a huge partnership for you guys. I don't know a ton about them necessarily, but from my research, um, you know, for people listening, I mean, you guys have gotten the distribution. You seem to have checked the box, in my opinion, for a lot of like the big successes in the CPG food industry. What was like the thought behind partnering with someone like them? And like, what do you think that's going to unlock for you guys now that you've done that? I mean, it's, it's really an incredible story. It's, it's wild. I mean, we started, you, you know, we, we met them honestly is through a cold Google outreach email. And so we, we wow. even joked about this when we were in Dubai a couple months ago where, uh, you know, uh, Yusuf, he, he, he said that, you know, he'll never forget when he got an email from me 
and he's like, how many, he's like, how many drums of dates, uh, you know, of date syrup is this guy looking to order? Like how, you know, how many containers And you know, I think he thought like either this guy, you know, doesn't know what he's talking about or, <laughs> you know, he's like, but, but I don't want to totally just blow it off because what if it's real? And so, you know, this is many years ago now, I think we started working with them three and a half years ago and, uh, or three years ago. And, um, you know, we recognized that, uh, in order to, you know, in, in order to succeed today, like obviously you need to focus on margin and profitability. And, you know, these guys just had an incredible product and we always are big believers and you always need a backup. You, know, you can never just have one supplier, God forbid they have a bad crop and, you know, you, you know, let's say you have orders, how are you going to fill them if you can't get, you know, ingredients from your supplier. And so we, we always believe in having backups and, with them, with these guys, we immediately hit it off with them, really good people. And it all just started off from a, a Google email and we started buying small quantities from them. And, you know, one thing led to another and uh, we, we ended up ordering so much product where, you know, Brian and I were actually looking at raising money from a fund in New York. And um, when we were talking about it with uh, Albarca, you know, they, they um, you know, they said, hey guys, look, we have an incredible partnership. You know, maybe there's an opportunity for us to really work together, and so uh -huh. that's really what we what what this has done is it's made us a fully vertically integrated operation. So you know, we now have the capability to produce everything. We have the capability to you know we have no issues of sourcing supplies, ingredients. We can wow. do everything partnered with them, and it's taking Devash to the next level. And so you know now that's the thing we can service everything from you know, retail to food service, we, we can build anything we want, you know, since we have an incredible team with all of us working together. And that's really what this has done is it gave us an amazing team overnight. I mean, you know, yeah, they, they're, they're, it's just been unbelievable, the amount of experience and knowledge and expertise that they have, and the grit and tenacity, you know, that we have when you combine that, it's unstoppable. And, you know, we, we've been really, really lucky, um, you know, to have them as partners, they believed in us from the beginning. And, you know, it was really a match. It was really like a match made in heaven, you know, like here, like, I think that's one of the biggest things that a lot of brands have too many issues with is that you need to find people that believe in you. And, you know, it's one thing to be given money, but what's even worth more than that is the guidance and advice that, you know, and the guidance, it's, it's the guidance and advice, but also the, you know, the doors that people are really willing to open for you. And so yeah. I, I think that too many times when brands raise money from a VC or even angels, you know, pre the deal being signed, people will say X, Y, and Z, you know, they'll sell you the sun, moon, and the stars. And then when it comes down to it, you know, you don't always get what you thought you were going to get. You got the money and, and you got them in your corner, but you didn't always get everything. And that, and that's what this really did is that it really gave us everything for us. One of the biggest headaches that we found was, you know, production, you know, working with co-packers is, and as you, you know, I'm sure you've heard horror stories, you know, but it's, it's really, really tough to find, you know, solid, reliable co-packers. If there's anything in the industry that you hear time and time again, it's about how, oh, you know, the supplier sent me the wrong product or, you know, the co-packer bought the wrong cap or they bought the wrong bottle. And then it becomes this domino effect that just leads to massive delays and headaches and problems. And, and look, that's all part of the nature of this beast. And it's a part of the game with manufacturing. You can't get mad. It's, 
It's yeah, going to happen. Sure. And, and, you know, nothing is perfect. You know, that, that's just the world that we live in. And, but, you know, this was really as close to perfect as it could have been. And, you know, not only did they believe in us, not only do they have an incredible operation, but, you know, from a scalability standpoint, from a production standpoint, you know, this is really going to allow us to become, you know, the premier, you know, date company in the, in the United States, if not the world. And so, you know, that's, that's, what, we're, that, that's what we're going for. And yeah. so, you know, we, we have a long road to go. And, you know, we've got a long journey ahead of us and still a, a tremendous amount to learn, but we're setting ourselves up really well. And, you know, especially now that we have such an amazing team and getting guidance and advice, you know, from, you know, people that have done it before. I mean, it's, it's really been, it's been amazing. But what we really love about it is when we get together, you know, on our calls or, you know, during our meetings, it's, you know, we can come, we, we get to really come together as a team, figure out what, what, where the gaps are in the market. And we're trying to, you know, create that. And it's amazing to have partners that are on board with that. It's figuring out, okay, how can we reduce our cogs here? How can we increase our margins here? What if we make this slight change? What if we make that, you know, it's like oh, a lot of fine. times when, when you're, when you're working with, you know, a, a co-packer, it's, it's on you and your team to develop that. You know, you're talking with someone at the co-packing facility, they're working with 10 other brands at the same time. And, you know, it's always hard to get people's attention. And so, you know, this has really allowed us to own the entire process from start to finish, which has just been unbelievable in terms of growth for the long term. That's badass. And you, and I don't know how much of this is public, so you don't have to share anything you don't, but I mean, do you guys give up a little bit of equity or like how, for people listening who are thinking like, oh, that'd be crazy cool to like partner someone like that is like, what do you have to do to, to like actually become a partner with someone like that at, at that level? I think it's really different on a case by case basis. I think what it really comes down to is you need to have mutual respect and trust, but you need people to really believe in your mission and driven and that, your, your mission and vision. And sure. And that's what they 100% did. And I, and I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, we have a couple of friends that partnered with their suppliers and, you know, in order to grow, it's like, look, if you've developed a relationship with people over the long term and you have trust, that's all you need. You know, if you believe in them and if they believe in you and you guys balance each other out and, if, you know, if they have strengths where you're weak and vice versa, you know, that's, that, that's half of the battle right there. You know, it's like, you know, not to use another analogy, but it's like to, to look at everything, it's like sports. You know, you can have, I think even when you look at the NBA finals right now and you see who's in there, I think, you know, everybody's stunned that the Brooklyn Nets, you know, were, were knocked out. And, right. you know, it's, uh, but, but you need a team and you have to be working together. And I mean, it's like, if you look at the Atlanta Hawks, nobody expected them to get as far as they did, but they did because, you know, they clearly work so well as a team. And you cannot do like, I think the biggest thing that a lot of founders have difficulty understanding is one, you know, when you hire other people or you bring on investors, you know, you need to get people, you need to find people that believe in you and believe in your mission and vision. You can't worry about the control. You can't worry about, you know, oh, somebody else isn't going to put in the, you know, the same amount of effort as me. You know, you, you need to focus on, on growth and you need to find the right people that are going to help you get there. I mean, look, even w when you look at doing anything in life, nobody has gotten there alone. Right. You know, that's, just, yeah. that's just the truth. And too many people are too scared. And, you know, you need to have a certain level of trust in people in order to make something work. And, you know, fortunately for us, we were able to find that early on. And, you know, I, I tell everybody that it's like, look, before you go any further, like 
raising money is key, but you know what's even more important to that that will lead you to raising the money or getting your advisors or developing your partnerships? You need a team because you're sure, not going to sure. be able to do everything on your own. You know, there's only so many hours in a day. And even if you're the most efficient person and you utilize all the amazing new, you know, technology and apps out there, you're still not going to be able to do it all on your own. And people aren't going to want to partner with somebody who's doing it alone because they know they have a much higher likelihood of failing. Right. And, I, you know, I think that's really a lot of it is, you know, you need to figure out, you need to bring on people who balance you out and, and make you stronger as a team and just make sure that they can really, you know, just make sure that they understand your long-term vision and your plan and don't, you know, don't digress from that. Yeah. Love that. No, no, no. Makes a ton of sense. Um, it sounds like you guys have an incredible partner and I think that's, uh, it's going to obviously elevate you guys to the whole next, whole next level. I know being in that, in that similar, you know, ingredient space, having a vertically integrated date production, that's a, that's a huge leg up. So good for you guys. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, the last few questions I love to ask all of the founders that come on here, cause I think all of you guys have had, you know, incredible responses to these. So the first one, obviously you running a business, uh, have a ton of things on your plate. You're pulled in a ton of different directions. What tools, um, do you use to track, you know, your goals and then even like daily tasks just to get shit done? Are you an app guy? Are you a pen and paper kind of guy? Like, what do you do to organize your life? I'm definitely an app guy. Um, you know, like I, I definitely think, I, I mean, look, I'm not against like every business meeting I go to, I bring a notebook and a, and a pen and paper. You know, I, I find that for me in terms of like in-person meetings, it's much easier for me to focus if, you know, if I write it all down, kind of like back in, you know, college, high school type yeah, of, sure, like you know, routine. but um, yeah, I mean, there are incredible tools out there, you know, like, you know, Trello, Monday.com. You know, I mean, even like Google Sheets, like so many people think that, you know, right out of the gate, it's like everybody wants to move straight to Salesforce. And it's like, you know, look, there's a lot you can do with just a Dropbox and an Excel sheet or, you know, Google Docs, depending on if you use G Suite. And so, yeah. you know, I, I think a lot of it is being, you know, efficient and, you know, fiscally mindful of, of your budget. But there's so much you can do out there. I mean, there's so many tools that, you know, you can use on a regular basis that, you know, will give you everything you need in order to stay organized. But we're big believers in organization, you know, structure, being on time. I think, you know, that's really pivotal to one success. Got it. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I go back and forth. I have an, a, like a paper planner I use today. Something about putting it on paper and like one less thing I got to look at on a screen, um, but I'm with <laughs> you. I have to have, I have like a, a Google sheet that has just like all of my business stuff in one place. So I have like one totally. place to go to. I love Google. I'm like one of the few finance people that I think loves Google sheets. Cause I love how versatile it is on all platforms. Like I have it on my phone. I have it. No, it's just nice to have everywhere. It's amazing. I mean, it's super simple. It's yeah. It's seamless. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. The next one is, I say book, but it can be favorite book, podcast, just source of knowledge. If you know anyone, any of the audience listening, what would you suggest as a, you know, a great book or source of knowledge for them? Um, I, I mean, it, it really, it's, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, podcast, I mean, you mentioned, you know, how I built this by Guy Raz. I think that's phenomenal. You know, I, I love that. I think, I think it's, it's really great. Um, you know, it's always great to step into the, the mind of a founder. You know, I, I learned so much kind of, you know, as, as we were talking about in the beginning, you know, I get together with like, you know, Brian Tate from Oats Overnight, you know, yeah. at least once 
a month and I learned so much from him. I mean, he's an absolute beast when it comes to everything e-commerce. And, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, learning how other people did what they did, you know, minimize the, you know, if you can mitigate the, your risks, you know, you're, you're, you can learn so much from people who've done it already today. And so, you know, I think that that's, uh, you know, that's, that's definitely, you know, that's definitely a huge thing. Um, I, I can't tell people enough. I mean, I think also, I really enjoy, um, you know, there's a bunch of podcasts on like CNBC and also, you know, like the Motley Fool, you know, yeah, yeah, forget yeah. whether or not you're into, you know, investing or, or stocks. There's, there's a lot you can learn just from what people are doing in the world today. And, you know, like one of my early morning routines is honestly just hopping out of bed and, you know, 6 a.m., listening to a podcast for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And it's, it's always important to be aware of what's going on in the world and, and, you know, just, you know, seeing how people do what they do, but also you'd be really surprised by, especially with something like Guy Raz with how I built this, you know, you can reach out to people on his podcast and they're, they'd actually be quite responsive. Like yeah, that's, sure. that's a thing of what people don't realize, like, Oh, it's not attainable. Like I can't get in touch with them. Like Guy Raz can, but I can't. It's like, that's not true. No. You know, like if you like one of, I've gotten in touch with, you know, a couple of people and I I just said like, Hey, I heard your podcast on X, Y, and Z was really impressed by everything you had to say. And, you know, I'd I'd really love to, you know, hop on a call with you or grab a coffee, you know, when it was, you know, pre COVID, hopefully now, you know, soon everybody will be comfortable with that. But yeah, no, I mean, it's gone a long way and I've met amazing people and gotten incredible advice from that. I tell people all the time um, when I started this podcast at the beginning, I started it right when COVID hit. Um, I didn't even know if I was going to get guests on. And I, I, I have, I get that question a lot of like, oh, how'd you get so-and-so on your podcast? I'm like, you just got to shoot your shot. Like, especially if it's something like this, I mean, people love to talk about what they're building and, and, and helping them get their brand out to more people, like depending on your platform or who you are and what, you know, what you have, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of like Gary V. Like you gotta, you want to add value for people, right? Like I hope people hear of Devosh totally. today and try it for the first time. And there's value that you get by taking the time to talk to me. Um, I always tell people like, just gotta be yourself and, you know, offer to help them. What can you offer someone who's crazy busy? Um, that's, you know, something that could add value in their life. Right. And then maybe you can have a, an opportunity to meet them or talk to them or just have a quick conversation. No, it's so true. And I mean, we're, we're so lucky to live in the world we live in today kind of like, you know, Gary Vee, he said previously, you know, he's telling you all of his secrets, but mm-hmm. it's on you to do it. And, and I think that's the issue is too many of us think it's, it's, you know, it's impossible. And it's yeah. like, it's not the case. Like, look, there's so much information out there. You know, now look, are you going to spend the hours that it will take to really develop an incredible process and listen to all those podcasts, reach out and try and, you know, communicate and, and have conversations with those people so you can hone in and, and develop an incredible process. I mean, that's on us right. as individuals, but the, the information today, unbelievable. You can do Crazy. anything you want today. Like it's, it's really amazing. It's amazing. And it's all usually in this phone here. That's you yeah, know, sitting right next to you all the time. Computer. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, the last one and the most important one, how can people follow along with your journey and how can people get involved and try Devosh? Yeah, I mean, honestly, for us, it's, uh, you know, obviously they can follow us on Instagram at Devosh Organics, um, you know, but also it's like communication is key. Something that we really pride ourselves in is 
you know, we really love developing a relationship with our community. Um, I'm also really big on, look, I know how hard it is for founders. I know, you know, how hard it is for people to grow, but community and founders, you know, I, I mean, we always just say email us, you know, my email is david at devoshorganics.com. Brian's is brian at devoshorganics.com. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really big in communication. You know, if anyone has any thoughts, we're, look, we're always looking to improve. We're always looking to grow. If anybody has any ideas, you know, please let us know. We, we're incredibly responsive. You know, we have that. a great customer service team as well. Um, but for us, I mean, you know, we want to talk with people. You know, if you're not a fan, if you don't like the product, I want to hear even more from you as to why. You know, sure. like, yeah, it's great. It's, great. A, it's a big thing. And Feedback's so, a gift, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, you know, so for us, it's really, we're just looking to communicate and meet as many, you know, awesome people uh, as, as we can. Love that. Love that, man. Well, David, thank you so much for the time today. It was a pleasure getting to hear a little more of your story and get to know you a little bit and uh, wish Devosh Organics the best of luck. And hopefully we'll get a bunch of new people trying after this. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Shane. Really appreciate you taking the time today. Awesome. Thanks, David. Have a good one. You too. Awesome. Bye.